Okay, here's the gist. I'm a gay guy who's been living in New York City for the past three decades. I got shit to talk about. I also have awesome friends who also have a lot of shit to talk about. That's what this podcast is about. Way off the record. People that you never hear from that you need to hear from. Because trust me, girl, you need this fabulous in your life. Hello. Uh, welcome to Way Off the Record. I'm thrilled to have Jordan Coburn, comic and host of the Webby Award winning podcast, Muller She Wrote, as my guest. Hello. How are you, Jordan? I am so good. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> I'm all the way, we're all the way across the coast from one another. Yeah. We're literally like, I'm the in furthest. New York and you're in San Diego, yes? Mm hmm. Yep, the furthest we could possibly be from each other, awesome. just about. Welcome. Me too. Yeah, no, it's it's really cool. Especially uh, crossover appearances on podcasts are a really fun mm-hmm. part of starting podcasting. It's such an easy way to just get two guest spots, right, for, for each person, and it's fun, and it's good cross-promotion. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're, you're doing it right. It's a good Yay. good idea. Yay. So so I have two, two questions, and... and appeals for you if if it's cool um Mm -hmm. so i read on twitter that you did uh an appearance on margaret fucking shows yes what was that like that she's amazing uh, yeah she really is amazing also i'm all for the fuck train so i'm with you on that (laughs) saying fuck all the time um but yeah she was she was so generous and not LA when you think about some of the more problematic kind of like egos in LA she's not that at yeah. all it was yeah. just really it was really cool she we recorded in her house she like opens up her home to the guests that come and record and she oh, has nice. like yes and she has all of this amazing art she's like a a huge collector of art so she has just these incredible pieces of work like all over her house she had a she had a piece she had these collages that were like massive canvas style pieces that would make up the face of like i think she had joan rivers as one of these pieces and then all of these different elements that are 3d it's like three-dimensional three-dimensional elements that are something that kind of embodies the character of the subject of the art that make up this sort of like mosaic kind of piece almost. It was so cool. Just like you could look at one piece for like an hour and it's like scrappings from Aquanet and bobby pins and like nail polish and all this really, really awesome stuff. It was so cool. Uh, but that's, that's, that's one of those things that, that, um, I find myself thinking like, that's so surprising. And then, it's actually not surprising at all. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like just knowing that her, she loves art and I don't stuff. Know her. Yeah. But, yeah. But that she that she has that sort of sensibility, you know, like mm-hmm. to to collect something like that. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Definitely. I, that's so cool. Um, yeah. She was really cool. And then just really cool to talk to. We pretty much talked about like impeachment stuff and all the really? topics that we cover on our podcast Muller Shiro and Daily Beans. So she awesome. was very very she's really incredibly intelligent and informed so it was yeah. it was such a natural nice conversation to have with her is it was, it was very fun that's lovely 
Oh, I yeah. love hearing that, honestly. Yeah. Uh, so, would you do me a favor, Jordan? Yes. I have a f- Mala, she wrote, has literally kept my shit together for like the last three years, you know? Um, <laughs> me too. <laughs> I, 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 I feel that. <laughs> when you do the Sunny podcast, you all often say um, to each other, so, um, AG, what did you do the, on the weekend? And AG asks you what you did on the weekend. I know I'm putting you on the spot, but would you mention this interview? Because I love listening to what you guys do Mm -hmm. on your off times. Yeah. And there's also a selfish aspect. Like, I would love for this to be heard by as many people as possible. And by the way, I have like five followers on this Mm -hmm. podcast because I just started this podcast. Did you, you, um, have a, you have a Twitter page just for Way Off the Record, right? I do. I have, I have, I have all my social media, like, like a separate Twitter page versus, you know, myself and Twitter, Facebook. And, and yes, so, I would be more than happy to mention that when we talk about what we thank did. You. Yeah, thank of course. You. I have to That'd set a awesome. reminder in my phone because I'm a fucking idiot and forget everything constantly. <laughs> so let me see here. Okay. Oh, this is a this is a this will be a good episode to do it too because AG is maybe not going to be in recording. So when the kids the kids get to play <laughs> me and Amanda the ba- the ba- the baby hosts yes the baby hosts so well of course uh, I want I want AG's buy in as well and um, oh yeah no no awesome, I'm just kidding she'd be totally fine with it I'm, I'm just joking thank you thank uh, you yeah so much. of course <laughs> um so I would love to ask you about. The, the gestation, the, the <clears throat> germ. I love that word. The idea. Thank you. I do too. I'm not even a <laughs> In woman. In this context. That word. <laughs> <laughs> That's true allyship. <laughs> Using the word, word gestation. Yeah. In a sense. It's a good word. It's, it's also like has this beautiful like. Um, phonetics but it, but it, Like phonetics, but, but also like um, it sort of relates to. It's one of those onomatopoeia things like gestation, you know, mm-hmm. like it has this organic kind of right. deliciousness. It's a perfect combination of, of yeah, a uh, perfect combination of vowels and consonants. Exactly. Thank you. Yes. Oh, great word. <laughs> <laughs> so, God, you're such a good guest. Um, <laughs> so I'm really curious to know um, how Malashi wrote started. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So how it started was AG, who is the fearless leader of the podcast, podcasts, I should say. Yes, she is probably truly one of the most brilliant minds I've ever encountered just with her ability to retain information, put things mm-hmm. together, and then succinctly spit that information back out to, to people in a way that they can understand it very quickly and very easily. So she's exactly. so incredibly smart and funny, super funny. And that's how we met was in comedy. Yeah. So, so AG had been doing stand up for a long time. I think probably close to like, like at least seven years by the time we met and I started stand up and then, uh, she just, kind of like took me under her wing as a new female comic yeah which is really cool there's not that many female comics in san diego which is sort of strange i don't it's yet to be determined why that's the case but we all (laughs) tend to like stick together and uh this was no exception she was just really cool and really awesome about bringing me to different shows and introducing me to people and we kind of had like a friendship established and 
then she got this idea of doing this podcast, Mueller She Wrote, when mm-hmm. the first indictments dropped from Mueller. This was in, I mean, I guess this was November 2017. I think that's when we started. And yeah. um, she she wanted to do a podcast to document everything, basically. And she, she invited myself and Jaleesa on mm-hmm. as her first guests. We were only supposed to be guests at first. And this is how I remember it, at least. I think there's some dispute as to exactly how it happened. <laughs> but in my brain, yeah. she was like, I'd love to have you and Jaleesa on. Jaleesa is another stand-up comic who's incredibly funny. And, and we love she, her. Yeah. And, um, and so she had us on as guests. And the episode just went really well. We had a good time vibing. And, and then uh, AJ just kept asking us to come back on, basically. And she was just like, you know what? I just want to have you two on as permanent hosts. And we'll just do it. Let's do it that way. And me and Jaleesa were like, all right, cool. Sounds good. We just kept showing nice. up pretty much. And that's here we are. Yeah. Two years later. That's so cool. So you met mm-hmm. like on the stand up circuit. Yes, exactly. Right, yeah. which I think is amazing. And then it turned into this phenom, like, you know, hey, you have, like, 100,000 followers on Twitter, and you tour all over the country, and, I, and I'm and i happy to say that I met you and mm-hmm. A.G. and Jaleesa at Bell House in Brooklyn, like, a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to say, I didn't expect, because I was such a fangirl, like, <laughs> before, you know, for like a year or two before that, that um, I'm going to come clean, clean right now. And there was an option for patrons to meet beforehand, you know, in mm-hmm. the whatever, certain place. And I opted not to do that because... I was so um, self-conscious of meeting you three amongst mm-hmm. all the people that, you know, thousands of people that you guys have as your fan base. And what would I do? Would I have the gumption to walk up to you and actually talk to you? No, of course not. <laughs> I, I, I'm not kidding. Like, I... I literally hem and hawed because, like, I was texting with AG, you know, on Twitter and and probably you as well. Like, I hope you come to the, you know, the pre thing. And, well, and then I, I, and this is not actually um, an untruth. My partner didn't get out until a certain time. So I sort of, but I sort of laid that on him. Like, oh, I'm not going to be able to, to, to make it. But the real reason was I was just really self-conscious, like, because I wanted to talk to all three of you in depth. But I knew, like, this is New York City. You guys have, like, thousands of fans, and I'm just going to be, like, a fucking wallflower. You know, like, <laughs> you know, I, I, I seriously, yeah. this, is a, this was the reason. But, listeners, I have to report that, um, having said all that, so I went to the we my boyfriend and I went to the performance and I of course had you know just been like talking up left and right to Christian my boyfriend and mm-hmm. he, he you know there was a certain part of him that was like 
okay, yeah, girl. Um, yeah, we'll see. You know what I mean? Like, I can <laughs> yeah. only know so much, you know, I can only feel so much. And so we went to see the show, and after the show, it was just this lovely, beautiful space. Like, after, you know, we left the um, auditorium, which, by the way, I had this lovely conversation with... with um, <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> that's, just so, that's just so funny. That's such a perfect stoner. Now, Alexandra, <laughs> Jesus Andrea. Christ, I, Andrea, Andrea. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. Well, I mean, how we are t- you to not think Exal Exalandra? That's what I was just gonna say. That's way more fucked up. Don't confuse me. Exalandra. Okay. I think I just made up a new name. Stop it! You're confusing me. All right, so <laughs> <laughs> so take three. So, after, uh, before we went, we met in the sort of out of the auditorium space, I had this amazing conversation with Andrea Chalupa on the stage, because um, I'd been listening to, of course, to Gaslight Nation, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like the perfect sort of like evil sister to your podcast. Right. Um, they, they sort of, you know, their shit is like real and, and not that yours isn't, but it's no, like totally. dark and, you know, yeah. and we it's, on, this, it's like, honestly appropriate in tone for what's happening. Yeah. yeah I think yeah. so. And, um, before, and so I'm picturing myself sort of watching the three of you, you know, deal with your public and stuff. And, um, and then I turn, and there is Andrea. And so I was like, I love your podcast. And so we sat on the edge of the stage for like 20, 30 minutes and talking and stuff. It was just amazing. Matt Miller mm-hmm. didn't really talk to me, but he, that's okay. He's gorgeous, yeah, but, you know, he, whatever. He is. He's we, uh, busy. We, very busy. I'm sure busy. he's busy. Yeah. <laughs> No, very busy, and yeah, we were lucky to be able to snag him to be a guest for us there. That was like one of our earlier shows, too, before we yeah, really yeah. sort of had all the live shows super under our belt, um, so that was that was a treat. It was really fun. That was a really fun show, having Andrea from Gaslit and then Matt Miller. That was that was great. And yeah. the venue, you're right, was incredibly and beautiful. And the venue was And the Brooklyn amazing. crowd. Yeah, the Brooklyn crowd is yeah, great. Man. You, yeah. you all yeah. were noticeably angry at everything that was happening, and it, it was such an interesting thing to experience because that same weekend oh, we had done... Yeah, we had done the DC show just the night before, and the difference in the vibe of the audience was stark, and it was really very interesting because uh, in DC, you know, when you're like a comic, you talk about having a good, you know, tough crowd or whatever, or like a loose crowd... Yeah. Um, DC was super loose and just kind of like laughing at any remotely comedic thing that would come out of our mouths. And <laughs> they were, they were down to just like have a good time. That's like why it seemed like they were there. And then we get to Brooklyn and it's all these people that are just kind of like pissed, appropriately pissed at what's happening. <laughs> and <laughs> like, I don't know if you remember what, what one of the guys that asked a question at the Q and a, it wasn't so much framed as a question as it was just a lot of like anger. Like this is bullshit. This is fucked I up. I do, I do. <laughs> yeah, and it was I like, yeah. everything he was saying was incredibly on point, and he was not wrong whatsoever, but but that in tone versus the DC show where people, like I said, were just, I don't know, DC, the, the tone of DC as a city right now is just so absurd, because it's all of these, mm-hmm. 
you know, long-standing career employees, like federal employees, basically, yeah. that now just have to deal with this madness. So it seems like, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I can't, I don't know. I can't explain the difference exactly, but it was interesting. And I wonder if there's a certain element of, um, like we all feel, but like if you live in D.C., there's like this heightened sense of exhaustion, mm-hmm. you know? And you yeah. don't have the kind of facility to to be as angry as those of us in New York or other places that see what's going on. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, that's... No, that makes sense. I could totally see that. Well, I, I, I do think, I think you're spot on actually with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I was just going to confirm what you said with a quick anecdote. People that worked for the government came up to us in DC and said, I can't tell you who I work for and I'm not, I'm not supposed to, you know, express support one way or the other, but I just want to let you all know that there's a lot of people that work in the government that really, really listen and love the podcast because we have to go through our jobs all day remaining impartial and right. And so then in New York, like you said, you all just kind of get to live your truth all the time, which might (laughs) lend itself to like a more congruent tone with what's happening. Um, That's a really good point. I think that, you know, we're more able to to be outspoken and say what we actually feel versus when when you live in that mm-hmm. that sort of world you uh don't have the freedom to actually mm-hmm. um talk about what you really feel what's going on which is Jesus that's a whole other podcast um yeah DC versus everywhere else mm-hmm. so yes um I want to know what it's like from your perspective as a stand-up comic who is now rather famous. I'm just going to say it. Um, But in a completely different realm because I know that we talked about when you were in New York and we went to your stand-up show and your stand-up show was amazing. And I'm not just bullshitting you. Like, I... First of all, I was so relieved that you were actually really funny because you never know. Like, I have, God. I have so many friends, yeah. dude. I have so many friends that like are actors and you know whatever. And I go to see like their black box theater and stuff, and it's like mm, sometimes not so mm-hmm. not so great. And you're like, you were really interesting. And what do you say, you know? But I, I'm happy to report really funny and and I got every reference and the just the sort of self-deprecation of your humor was fantastic um so my question is this is a long question I'm so sorry that's Um, okay one of the things I remember talking to you about was do they know who you are you know Mm-hmm. And, you know, with Mueller, she wrote, and you said, no, no, it's, in fact, not something you can actually build upon. Um, yeah. Because it's looked upon as being, like, you know, a sellout or something. Yeah, I think, 
It's definitely an interesting topic, even when you're talking about... Well, first off, thank you for saying all those nice things. I really appreciate <laughs> that. I'm glad that you enjoyed it. That is the That's worst thing true. ever, when your friend is like, come watch me expose myself emotionally. Dude. And then it's yeah. just yeah, like, no, oh. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, I do... Even going back to you know all the really kind things you were saying about being nervous to meet us and stuff the first time, it's so funny because truly, we started the podcast two years ago, and with the exception of AG, who is already much more established as a comic, Jaleesa and I were, like, pretty new comics. I think I was only six months in a stand-up at all at that point, I think. Um, Yeah, because I've only been doing stand-up now for, like, three years. In February, it'll be three years. So all of it is just kind of new. And so to have such quick success with a podcast is, like, pretty Mm -hmm. unheard of. We got... It was a really good combination of talent, work, and luck, Mm -hmm. and topic, and just AG was so smart starting it when she did. So it just rocketed us into this sort of fame in a very specific sphere, like the kind of, you know, Twitter sphere and Mm -hmm. podcasting world for political podcasting that just doesn't really translate over to stand-up because a lot of stand-ups... I mean, a decent amount of stand-ups have political facets to their career, but at the level, at least that I'm at, you know, when you're doing, like, guest spots or you're featuring and you're not, like, a headliner yet, and mm-hmm. um, people don't really people don't really listen to that podcast, you know, unless they also happen to be super into politics. And because yeah. if it's going to get people in the seats to watch you, that's when a booker starts caring uh, about about it so so like when i went to new york and you and christian so graciously came out to the show that's like a good look to a booker because it's like oh she's coming from out of town and she was able to bring a couple people into the show you know that's a good look but it's certainly not anything that would at this point get me like a a bigger gig necessarily because not a lot of our podcast listeners are stand-up fans first. They're politics fans first, and they just enjoy the comedy that we bring to it. Yeah, so that's the long answer. If Christian <laughs> and I could have um, hologrammed ourselves, like, fivefold, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, there's 20 people here to see George. <laughs> like, we yeah. totally would be able to, we would have done that. Um, if you could uh, find a way to holograms, <laughs> get them to drink alcohol also. That's, Girl, I'm, that's I'm the other thing they it. care about. <laughs> yeah. I'm working on it. All right. Um, so one thing that I've learned in recording, um, and you, hopefully you'll appreciate this, um, I have a 53-year-old bladder, and so I need to go <laughs> Perfect. And so I'm going, just going to pause this. Wait, if you, can... if you pause it, though, is it going to... Stop the oh, whole thing. Maybe, uh, maybe. Yeah, maybe stop. just maybe just let it I'm run, gonna, and then you I'm can just, just edit like, it. Take my headphones off and pee okay, and perfect. Come back. Perfect. And so, if you need to do the same, please do. Okay. Um, Jesus, I think you're right. All right, all right. So I'll be yeah. right back. Okay, I'll be right back too. <laughs> okay, bye. And always remember, life is short and unpredictable. Moments are fleeting and sometimes simply miserable. Tell me what the hell are you scared of when in the end The only thing is love in the end Love's the only thing I want to regret the things I've done
So welcome back to Way Off the Record. We're talking to Jordan Coburn. And Jordan, I'm really interested to know what it's like going from being a stand-up to this newfound fame with Malashirot and touring. What is that like? Um, is it enjoyable? Is it tedious or both or what's that like yeah it's uh very fun first off which is Mm. the best part um Mm. we went to a lot of different cities and going there together is super cool every city we go to we do a meet and greet with our fans and that's really fun um i got it, it did get to a point where it was like you know we're going to at least one city kind of you know about once a month Sometimes uh-huh. we would have other gigs like Politicon or we went to this like advertising convention that our network wanted us to go to in New York and, and just random gigs sort of. And there's a, there's a time period where it was like, man, this is a lot of traveling and it's kind of hard to maintain <laughs> some self care stuff. But aside mm-hmm. from that, it's just really fun and great experience, like stage experience, uh, doing a live show in front of a full audience is just pretty it's a hard exercise to replicate so that was really cool the experience of like actually doing the shows and meeting your fans and hearing what they say and how what you've done means to them is important Mm -hmm. i would imagine yeah it's really it seems like all of our live shows always came at the perfect time, kind of when I personally yeah. was starting to experience some burnout a little yeah. bit. Cause yeah. we record every day pretty much. Right. So it's, it's, mm-hmm. and they are long episodes too. And that means that pretty much all day, every day we're like keeping up with the news, which can be very disheartening over time sometimes. And tiresome, right? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. So the live shows were just like a reinvigoration of kind of, one of the facets that makes the work really important to do and to keep doing with enthusiasm and nice. hope. So that was yeah. pretty, pretty invaluable getting to meet everyone. It was like a little pep rally every live show we had. Yeah. As an audience member at, at Bell House in Brooklyn, it's an understatement to say how much, not just me and my boyfriend, but the crowd was hungry for that kind of affirmation like we're not the only ones that are thinking this shit and then we have this amazing group of women that are talking about exactly this you know there's there i can't overstate it enough how powerful that was as an audience member to see that to see you guys and then i got to meet you afterwards it was it was amazing it wasn't something that I expected, honestly. So mm-hmm. thank you for that. Of course. Um, I'm glad that was your experience. Did you get to meet any friends or like any new people there? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I yeah. love that. It was. It felt like one of those experiences where I typically feel like in a concert, you know, like the mm-hmm. concerts that I go to. And I felt like these are my people. Like yeah. this is my tribe. And even just not even, like, sometimes, you know, you, you go to a cool concert and you don't necessarily talk to anybody because 
that would be creepy in New York City, mm-hmm. um, unfortunately. <laughs> Um, I know. It's creepy it's, to talk to people. That's it's a great, so fucked up. That's it's a like, great way to describe. You know, I, I I really <laughs> want to talk to you about your beard right now, but that would be weird. Mm-hmm. Um, so you you just sort of like nod, you know what I mean, like nod and shake your mm-hmm. head, like, and they get it. Um, so that's how do people but, but, date? But, <laughs> that but seems impossible. Was like <laughs> meeting you guys was like. I actually get to talk to my heroes, and so That's thank really you sweet. for that. I mean, in, yeah. in all seriousness, um, so let's change topics. I want to talk to you about your new podcast. Tell me about that. What the name is, what it's about. Yes. All that. Thank you for the promo. Um, the new podcast is called <laughs> "I I Disagree with Jordan Coburn," and. Uh, <laughs> The premise is pretty self-explanatory. I just wanted to, I wanted to shift into a project that um, I'm still going to be doing more. She wrote in Daily Beans, of course, mm-hmm. uh, but just having a side project that I get to have more conversational, you know, mm. moments kind of with uh, with folks, and just get to. I'm 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 available. By the way, just I'm just throwing that out there. Thank you. I appreciate that. I want to. I want to bring in a, like a bunch of different guests. I'm still kind of a. Well, yeah. The premise is to get people on the air with me that that disagree with me on something, and then have an oh. amicable conversation about it, and and then have a. I, ideally, I'm going to have comics on as much as possible, so we can make it nice. fun and lively. But also, there are so many comics are such brilliant people as dumb as they can sound with all their poop and dick jokes they're such mm-hmm. smart and deep thinkers generally and nice uh yeah i just really wanted to highlight those sorts of conversations with those folks that are hilarious to talk to and yeah right now people just suck at having arguments and disagreeing with each other <laughs> they just like stop yeah so i don't know to what end the podcast is going to serve any amount of catharsis or just something funny to listen to, uh, but it's brand new. And I, I also might bring on a, a co-host, which I'm not positive on yet, but it may be, I disagree with Jordan Coburn and another person. Awesome. Yes. Yes. I love everything about what you just said. Like I'm all in, 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 in for that. So I'm glad. I can't wait yeah. to listen to it. Thank um, you. So one of the things we, we texted about was Bikram. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that Netflix documentary. Did yeah. Did you did, did you did you say you had done Bikram previously? I had well, not Bikram. No, I've done. I, but like I hot do yoga. Like, I do like basic sort of thing. I've never. I've always eschewed like Bikram because I don't like spreading that much. Yeah. No, 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 no. That's no, that's <laughs> I. I completely understand that, especially given the the amount of sweat that is continuously draining from your body for ninety straight minutes. And, and especially, there's like it, what what I learned in the documentary was like there's like five hundred people in a room and they're all sweating like no girl. I yeah. can't. I cannot. I yeah. cannot. No, it really is. It really is absolutely disgusting. And though I know those images were the teacher trainings, so that's like that mm. guy Bikram mm. just trying to make as much money as he can by just shoving, like you said, five hundred people in the room. 
Um, but yeah. then, yeah, no. yeah, but then in the class, I've only done one Bikram class. I've done a lot of hot yoga classes. I've only done one Bikram class, which is just like hotter and more humid and longer. So just like more miserable, <laughs> basically is the branding mm-hmm. there. Um, and that was also packed like sardines. Cause for some reason it's so popular to like everyone. This is in Las Vegas too. It's like fucking, it's like a hundred it's like 110 degrees outside. People are walking into 105 degree Bikram Studios. Fools. All of them. Yeah. It's bad. Not fun. Well, the thing is, like, I, I've i done not Bikram like that, but I've done yoga, and I find it really, like, it's the only kind of thing that actually make, that make for me, makes sense. But this mm-hmm. documentary goes into... Almost this sort of cultish um, following, you know, these people. This guy is very charismatic. You get, like you say, you get a bunch of people into a hot room and you (laughs) manipulate their bodies. Seems kind of, to me, a recipe for disaster. Yeah. You know? Totally. I think so. I think you're onto (laughs) something. Because it's, I feel like, I love yoga too because mostly mm-hmm. for the spiritual side of it and then just the fusion of like mind, body, and spirit. All that fucking white people taking over <laughs> Indian culture shit. But it's, <laughs> it's like, it's also so privy to, because you're getting people that want to believe in something, right? So it's like, yeah, people are willing to shoot their arrow wherever they think it might land on something good. So if there's a crazy dude that's like, saying all this wacky shit and you're already like i'm already one leg into this i'm down there's mm-hmm. dive in and the next thing you know you're in a fucking cult and then and then like the doc gets into um all those things that you just said like all these women that were vulnerable and yeah. wanting to please and mm-hmm. it's just the same fucking story over and over again with yeah. I approached the thing with, tried to approach the thing with an open mind, but I felt, I literally had to stop the thing like four or five times. It's only like an hour and a half documentary. Yeah. I had to stop the thing like four or five times and shake my disgust off and shower. When is this going to end? This whole like, you know, um, male dominated sort of, disgusting sorry oh yeah it's just yeah yeah i think you hit the nail on the head with these women and men also who um although i think i've only heard of him having female victims but Mm -hmm. i don't know i don't i have no idea the extent of his disgustingness but he is just like he does get these women who he, he not only, I mean, it's not like, it's not as simple as, oh, I want the approval of this man who's at the top. He's saying stuff like, I'll help you open up your studio easier. Exactly. You know, yeah, and then he extends. Exactly. I was going to say extends like an offer, but there's nothing. It's just, it's like in one instance, you know, he assaulted a woman to the point of it 100% being rape. So it, it's it's not like 
Yeah. It's not like these are just maybe sort of vulnerable women that just want to rise to the top alone or something. It, it, he's holding something over their heads. It's disgusting. So bad. All the things... <clears throat> all the things that are the exact opposite of what his preachings are. Yeah. You know? Yeah. His crimes are the exact opposite of that. You know, mm-hmm. taking advantage of vulnerable people and especially women. Um, ugh, disgusting. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, I want to talk about getting personal now, mm-hmm. if it's okay. We talked yeah, about this. Totally. Um, I want to talk about your, your coming out story. Yeah. Um, yes. Well, I came out this year as bisexual. Yay! Yes. I mean, um, I don't mean to say yay, but... Like, yeah, no. I'm glad for you. <laughs> it's, the gay, it's the gayest response I could have had. <laughs> yay! <laughs> uh, but yeah, I was, already, I was already out to a decent amount of people in my life, and, and I think, like, it had been something that throughout the last few years that I've sort of tested more and more, you know, slipping in mm-hmm. here and there like, oh, that person's cute, who is a girl, you know, just kind of testing the <laughs> waters, I guess, with my social circles. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know, coming out, it was like, first off, there's a whole different complex from what I've experienced just with mm-hmm. coming out as bisexual than I imagined there is coming out as lesbian versus coming out as gay versus coming out as trans. And, uh, it's it's kind of, especially because I'm in a monogamous heterosexual relationship currently. So coming out at this point, we've been together for three years and he's incredibly supportive of it. But ultimately, it just got to a point where it was, it was by visibility day and I was seeing stuff all over, you know, social media. And I thought... This could be a nice opportunity for me to just kind of, you know, once and for all, if you can even say that. It's just a Facebook post that a lot of people didn't see. But um, Mm -hmm. taking it as an opportunity to just kind of put it out there, be like, this is it. I'm bisexual. Not like it really matters to a lot of the people in my inner circle anyway. Like, it's not going to really change their opinions on anything. But it was an an important step for me to take. to just definitively embody that part of my identity that I had been very, like, shaky and weird with for a decent amount of my adult life. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned um, the fact that it, you know, people who know you, it's like, yeah, it's not that big of a deal. They know me. Mm -hmm. But now, girl, you are a public figure. And um, whether you embrace that or not, um, it has a huge impact um, on so many more people than just your friends and family. And it's that much more important that you're able to... Um, I'm, by the way, I'm not sure how much traction this got because... The min, because I of course I follow you. You follow me on Twitter, and the minute you posted that, I was like, "Girl, girl 
Good for you. It was like, I got all, yeah. my nipples got hard. You were really was all <laughs> and, <laughs> But I'm not sure how many people um, saw that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess to go up that list, people that listen and are like with me enough on social media to have gotten the announcement were just incredibly supportive. So that was really nice. You were very, very mm. supportive, like you were saying before. I really, really appreciated that. Um it was uh, hard. It was hard for some elements of the family. It actually caused like a whole shitstorm. I have, uh, oh, no. yeah, I have really supportive parents, and I have a supportive grandmother as well. But she, she was pretty upset with me that I didn't give her a personal phone call uh, to t- to tell her, <laughs> and that. She uh, she said she had to find out through my great aunt, who is friends with me on Facebook, who is incredibly religious, and she is the sweetest lady ever, but she is incredibly religious, and she told my grandma and grandpa, and then my grandma sent me this like really, really long text message expressing discontent over the whole, uh, oh. the whole method of coming out, so that's never... That's, uh, yeah, I don't really, um, I, I understand how she, she was basically saying, I feel like you didn't care to talk to me about it individually and that hurts my feelings. That's what she was basically saying. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's that's so much better than like, you are a heathen and you will die in a thousand (laughs) Yeah, no, there is, there is none of, there is none of that (laughs) at all. I think just, uh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think. A Facebook, yeah. Well, a, fa- a Facebook post is just by nature a bit more kind of non-intimate and, I guess, reckless to people that maybe yeah. didn't want to find out that way. And um, mm-hmm. I didn't, like, tell anyone I was planning on doing it. I don't know. It's fucking Facebook. Part of it is just, like, it just seems so dumb. The whole thing seems so <laughs> dumb anyway that, like, anyone would care enough to be upset that I didn't it's like yeah. it was fucking it was that it was by visibility day but and I wrote a post about it. it it wasn't like you know I, I didn't come out on coming out day it was it was like just a I don't know it, it but it, yeah it just really upset some people which was a bummer because I don't want to upset anyone um but it also would have been nice it would have been nice for it to been met with not any drama of that kind, but I understand why they would feel personally, personally offended by that. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, so that's a family element. And then. But it was, aside mm-hmm. from the whole social media thing, like it was actually not. Um, I, I mean, there's, there's things from my childhood that have just presented a lot of complications when it comes to sex and like my conceptions of sexuality. Mm. Um, and so in that sense, yes, I guess you could, you could definitely say that there was some triggering elements relating to some complex PTSD. Um, so, so that part was tough, but I think mostly what was toughest was like not owning that that's a part of my identity, regardless of, the events in my life that have happened that might complicate those feelings Um, for, for whatever reasons. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. I get that. And so just, just, I don't know if like, I guess pride is a cliche term to use, especially when talking about being queer, but it's, it is just a very, it's a very comfortable, it felt a lot more comfortable than I thought it was going to feel. Because now it's just like, yeah, cool, I'm bi. And it's just a fact instead of some weird thing where, you know, I would kind of dance around that identity a little bit and, like, gauge how people mm-hmm. reacted to see if it was going to be an issue, I guess. Um, right. But then to just, yeah. I have to say, <clears throat> um, your story gives me hope because attitudes about mm-hmm. sexuality and all these things, like, I, I came up in the 80s, like, the yeah. early 80s, and it was, you know, everybody was dying, and homosexuality is evil, and mm-hmm. all the shit. Like, um, it took me, girl, decades to not feel shame, and not I feel... I can't imagine. It was awful. I'm not gonna sugarcoat it, but what makes me happy is... Hearing from you, not that it's easy, Mm -hmm. it's never easy, you know, dealing with family and stuff and coming out, but um, there seems to be a continuum, emotional evolution. Yeah. My hope is that there's there's a critical mass of people, at least on the coasts, I I just feel like it can't be stated strongly enough that... um, my right, your right, anyone's right to actually live and not suffer persecution or violence is the most important thing. Yeah. You know, in this world. I think, too, it's important for you to know, and I know that you're aware of this, I'm sure, to some kind of degree. Mm -hmm. Um, But the only reason why it's easier for me to come out now is because of folks like yourself that came out and went through the process of coming mm. out through the last few decades and lived in your truth when it wasn't nearly as acceptable as it is now and when it was, like, truly dangerous. Mm-hmm. It's still dangerous now, I know, but I have immense amounts of privilege that come with it, part of that privilege being that I'm coming at a point in time that's after folks like you lived it and continue to live it, so... Thank you. There is no greater joy in my life to make that happen. So I thank you for your experience. And I'm just adding to to the mix. A very important contribution to that mix. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I think that's a great place to end. Thank you, Jordan. I'm supremely honored to call you my friend. And I want to thank you and AG and Angelisa for having a place where non-political people could sort of make sense of what the fuck is going on in this world. I, I continue to reference the oracle of that podcast and and I'm continuing <laughs> fuck that I'm totally cutting that out no. it sounds like bullshit no, it sounds nice I don't 
I mean, in all seriousness, like, it's helped me and thousands of other people that I know. I mean, I don't know thousands of people, but, you know, I think it's helped, like, a lot of people. It's a fucked up world we live in. And all she wrote, with the humor and the insight and the research and all that stuff, has really, a hard to overstate how important that has been. So I just want you to know, and A.G. and Jalisa, to know what you do, what you've done, what you're doing, what you will do matters. Like, honestly, it's like, it's, it's huge. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being expressive and um, really always lifting us up because you're a huge friend of the podcast <laughs> and we had people who have just, yeah, been with us through so much of the pod and continue mm-hmm. to be with us. And it's uh, really important that we cultivate and maintain those relationships with people who have always been really supportive and great to us. Thank you. Yeah. And thank you. And thank you. I hope I don't sound too drunk. You don't sound drunk. No, drunk. you don't sound drunk at all. <laughs> I don't sound drunk at no, all. Really? A... Really? Oh. No. Oh, yeah. No. There was, there was a one word when I was like, is he drinking? <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then I did the math and I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. It's like six o'clock there. That, that's no. fair. Listen, I... <laughs> No, no judgment at all, though. I'll drink at all hours. <laughs> so I said to Christian, like, we have to do a sound check because I've done it, you know, like, over and over again. I thought I was, like, all good. And then we do the sound check and nothing fucking works. <laughs> nothing works. And I'm like, it's the same fucking setup, like, the same everything and nothing. Like, he's in the bedroom <laughs> with the door closed. And I'm in the living room, and God damn it, nothing works. <laughs> I can't hear him. He can't hear me, or, or then I, I do a little thing, and he can hear me, but I can't hear him or whatever. And then, of course, you know, we're, we're doing the soundtrack, like, literally for like two hours. And then the bell rings, and it's like, my giant TV is here. Oh, great. Okay. <laughs> and I know that sounds so bougie, but it's like. Oh, treat I don't, yourself. I don't. I don't need this right like I need to figure this one thing out, but... <laughs> oh my god did you get it did fun. you get it set it's... up yet or is it still just chilling it's in a giant box on my floor nice. which I'm trying to keep my cat from you know yeah finding clawing, finding a universe in there I can't thank you enough this has meant so much to me um and we'll talk soon very honored to have you as a friend too and i'm excited for you that you're starting your own project it's very fun have fun with it and um thank you yeah of course and thank you for just always being there for me too as a person yeah thank you thank you it's been all right it's been fun i'll talk to you soon all right bye scott bye way off the record has been written edited and produced by scott empersino also produced by christian hernandez And our music is by the amazing Marie Tree. Way Off the Record is available wherever you get your podcasts. So thanks for listening.